to express yourself where teens talk and the world listens presented by star style productions as an international outreach program of be the star you are charity you'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters meet and chat with cool celebrities exhilarating experts and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know it's time to kick off the fun with our star teens welcome to express yourself water flows from high in the mountain Water runs deep in the earth. Miraculously, water comes to us and sustains all of life. Thick Nat Han. Hello and welcome back to Express Yourself. We're a program by, for, and with creative young people. A platform to give teens a voice right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. From Cynthia Bryant, producer of Express Yourself and Star Style Productions. We bring this program to the airways as an outreach service of the Be The Star You Are charity, a top nonprofit honored by GuideStar and great nonprofits for today's show. Be The Star You Are wants to thank everyone who has volunteered and supported Be The Star You Are over the years. We are thrilled to be serving the world. If you'd like to help us celebrate being a top nonprofit with a donation, please visit www dot btsya dot com. That's www.btsya dot com. Every dollar counts and we will use the funds for our outreach programs. Make sure to listen to Express Yourself wherever you listen to radio or music. iTunes, Amazon, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, and more. We broadcast from the Empowerment Channel on Voice America Radio, the largest radio network in the world. Hello, I'm Hannah Sahoda, hosting the show with my co-host, Rose. Hi, everyone. I'm Rose, and today's show is all about the importance of saving water. In segment one, Sharanya will be sharing her own poem called A Starved Throat Aches for More. In segment two, Kerpa will be sharing her thoughts on drought and water conditions. And in segment three, Hannah and I will be having a deep conversation about how current events are, sing- are signal- sna- signaling the need for change and how change must happen now. Now let's get into it. Welcome, Sharanya. Hi. Water. There's something so beautiful about that word. And I'm really excited to be talking about this topic on my segment, the scribble. Anywho, I really like that word, but it's been really hot out here in the Bay Area and where I live, temperatures have shot up to about 114 degrees. And it's a medieval type of torture, especially doing PE in the heat. Usually I love the sun. There's something so calm and so bright. And it's a very happy environment where the sun is shining, everything's going well. It's very poetic, if we can say that. But these days, the sun isn't shining with the happiness that we think the sun should um, shine with, if that makes sense. It's more like a scalding heat that will cook an entire meal right there and then. 
Now, as the years progress, draw has become a prevailing danger that looms upon us. Of course, there's this prevailing question running or even sprinting through our minds. Oh my gosh, how can we ever possibly stop this? Of course, we need to revert what is happening. But we can only understand this conundrum if we understand why this is happening. According to NASA, low precipitation over extended periods of time, temperatures and oceans, climate change and changes in the landscape are all factors that play into the creation of drought. Droughts are essentially periods of low rainfall, making water one of the basic necess necessities, a scarcity, which is scary if we think about it. Fun fact, Lake Mead's water level is declining due to the California drought, and corpses from the 70s and the 80s were found. Many remains were found along with contraband ammunition. Droughts not only have a severe environmental impact, but they're also impacting the economy. Water is crucial for agriculture, and places like the Central Valley in California, which is one of the key sources of food for the nation, are drying up. Crops can't grow the same without water, and this year's drought is causing an uproar unlike other years before. I think we finally understood the depth of this situation and how intense it is. Not having water is terrible since water is what builds us up. About 70% of all of us is water. And fire and water builds up a civilization. And if we take away one of those, can we really have an essential, stable civilization? Near my school, there are many posters talking about this issue. And I think we should pay homage to some of the activists who started this environmentally conscious movement. First, we mustn't forget the leader, or even better word, pioneer, for this entire battle against the damage that we have inflicted upon Earth, Henry David Thoreau. His essays on civil obedience are something that we have all learned or are starting to learn, yet his environmental acts are often ignored. He has essentially paved a way for activism in the environmental field today, and it started all in the 19th century. Imagine this, our world that we live in and we have to protect has been assaulted by us since about two centuries ago. And all we were doing is sitting and watching it deter deteriorate even more. Some others are Greta Thunberg, David Attenborough, Barack Obama, Jane Fonda, and so many more who all work together to make a change. And they're still making a change to this day. And I think we should all help and do something from our part. I recently watched a presentation that was very interesting. There's a saying that goes like, small things can make a difference. And water conservation is something that follows those lines. Turning off the taps after you brush your teeth, taking faster showers, and filling up the washing machine to the brim, these are all parts of our journey to fighting against climate change and the drought. I'm recollecting right now a trip our family made to Oregon and Washington, where it was naturally moist, unlike California, which is just to the south by one state. The shocking difference was prevalent, but one thing I found that actually helped me come up with the conclusion is that Washington and Oregon are still really green and luscious with all the cheese, plants, and everything so beautiful and natural about it because of the awareness in everyone. I remember I shopped 
that I walked into this lodge and went to take a shower. And inside the shower, it had this hourglass of five minutes, and it explained why five-minute showers were good for the environment. Usually, reading in the showers consists of me trying to figure out which is shampoo and which is actually soap with stinging beads of soap in my eye. But this read was fascinating, and I realized 2.5 gallons of water are used per minute while we shower. I know I used to take 7 to 10 minute showers because it was so addicting to stand underneath that beautiful hot water in the morning running on your head, so relaxing. But now I've cut it down to about 4 to 5 minutes. And I save about 7.5 gallons of water every single day. Think about that long term. We have about 365 days in a year. Imagine how much water we would save, a total of 2,737.5 gallons of water. Right now, I have five members in my household, my mom, dad, grandma, and grandpa. So in one household, we could save about 13,687.5 gallons. So, seeing these statistics and numbers, we should work towards this. There's so many other ways we can cut down our water usage, and these are just everyday things that just need a little bit of keeping your mind in the present and thinking about the world at all times, because in the end, this is our world that we live in. We don't have this backup plan, and we should appreciate it all we can. And in the honor of water and its absolute beauty, I've written a poem called A Star of Throat Aches for More. A starved throat aches for more. Some droplets of water is all they need to trickle down their throat. Something to save them from this bare and unburning world. Opening the dry throat is a pain and all they need is a drop of water. All they can think is it hurts. Memories flood through them. When they played in the afternoon sun. Hopping through the water, gallivanting through the sprinklers. Oh, what has become of this earth? So dull and dry and joy of water eradicated and only a few signs of life left. Wow, that was incredible, Sharanya. I really love how you're able to connect all your poems to current events and really things that matter a lot to the world, specifically with the water crisis and what's going on in the world. Um, I was curious, is there a bigger picture to take into account in this water crisis that you know of like its effects on students or effects on people now yeah i think water has we take water for granted for at least we used to water was just was just this to us this constant resource that just keeps coming in and in and we like dispose of it we use it we use it carelessly and i think that is something that we shouldn't do. And in a bigger picture, I think the essential lesson that I think we should all learn or we should work towards to together is that we should take more care about our earth because that's where we're gonna live for the rest of our lives. It's it's something we should appreciate more and um, the environment is ours to save and nobody else can save it because we're the one who technically destroyed it. Yeah, definitely. I couldn't agree more with what you're saying there. Um, 
going back to your passion for literature and writing, I know I love reading about current events and getting new perspectives about um, issues like this one. That's really important. But are there any books that you would recommend specifically about the environment that I can read to learn more about and also for viewers to read? I think one of the books that, I don't know, opened my eyes towards this entire environmental crisis that we're subjected to is the story of Moore and um, how we got to climate change and where to go from here um, by Hope Charan. And the book I read it said it was adapted for young adults. So I think that really helped me. And the author is actually the author of um, Lab Girl, which is another book I immensely enjoyed. It was um, a memoir of Hope Jarin, who was, who is or was a geochemist, geobiologist, and a professor. And it, it was simply eye-opening because she tracked ways to go back in time and track climate change. And um, it looked at the history of what happened. And Every single chapter, it started with a story, an embedded story, another literary device that I love reading. And I think that's what made me open my eyes and actually think about what was going on and what I can do to change it. And another book is How to Change Everything, The Young Human's Guide to Protecting the Planet and Each Other. And I really like this book. It was um, written by Naomi Clean. And... In this book, like the previous recommendation, it's traced back to its roots. What exactly happened? And Naomi Clean is a writer, journalist, professor, and an activist. And she shows how the environmental crisis can be like connected to all parts of us. And how if we fix this, maybe we can revert it and actually make an impactful change. Yeah, those are both really great books. That sounds super interesting. And I'll definitely take a look at them when I'm looking for an environmental book. And do you have, like, I know you said that you both, you really appreciate the authors for writing about those books, but are there any, is there someone you look up to um, that is really an environmental activist, like whether it's through public speaking or also through literature, because I know that's a great way to share your voice. Um, like for me, I'm, I enjoy sharing my voice and advocating about issues I'm passionate about through publications, through public speaking. So are there any environmental activists you really enjoy? Yeah, so basically in the past, it was basically John Muir, Muir and Henry David Toro who basically paved the way. And I think I really look up to them in a sense, even though they're like from the 19th century because some of their ideals actually still apply to today and we can learn from that. And of course, there's the great Greta Thunberg and someone I really, really am so inspired by is Jane Goodall. Um, the way she actually let herself become a part of nature instead of superficially analyzing animals, plants. I think that was a new concept at that time. And I think it inspired many more people to this day and helped the field of zoology a bit more, like not just a bit, a lot more. And I think I really like um her stories her anecdotes that she's written and all the biographies i've read about her and i think she's the main person i look up to um as an environmental leader 
Yeah, I I mean, I've heard of Jane Goodall because she's so influential and has done so many amazing things in zoology and beyond. One that comes to mind that I definitely look up to is Greta Thunberg because she is really so inspiring because she's such a young teenager. She has such a young voice and speaks to so many different types of people because she is um, in such like a young demographic, but is also connecting with older congressmen and congresswomen. Um, So I think that's one that really speaks to me as well. Unfortunately, that's it for this segment. So thank you, Sharanya, for sharing such a wonderful poem and having a great segment with us. Be the Star You Are will be hosting a booth at the September 24th Pear and Wine Festival. We are seeking sponsors, so please contact us through our website at www.bethestarur.org. If you would like to sponsor or volunteer, it's going to be extremely fun. And Sharanya will be the chairperson this year. Make sure you stay tuned for our next segment where Kerpa will talk all about the environment and how important it is that we help the water drought. We want to hear your thoughts and we want to answer your questions. So email us at btsyateenradio at gmail.com. That's btsyateenradio at gmail.com. Check out our radio site at www.expressyourselfteenradio.com and our creative community site at www.btsya.com. You can get involved with the Be The Star You Are charity, buy books and t-shirts in our store, sign up for our free newsletter, and make a donation to Be The Star You Are. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. The star you are light up the flame that burns. Low literacy and poor communication skills have been identified in studies as major contributors to general conduct disorders, psychiatric disorders, criminal behavior, and adolescent suicide. To live and prosper in this society, we must be lifelong learners with access to knowledge and skills that can sustain our lives at work, at home, and in our communities. Be the Star You Are, 501c3 Charity, has been working to increase literacy and improve positive message programming since 1999. You can help by making a tax-deductible donation today. Visit www.bethestarur.org. Everybody counts. www.bethestarur.org. Be the lucky star you Star, you are. Light up the flame that burns. 
Make a world of difference in a world of differences when you support Be the Star You Are 501c3, a literacy and positive media charity dedicated to empowering women, families, and youth. Visit BeTheStarYouAre.org to make a tax-deductible donation today. Everyone counts. Donate today. BeTheStarYouAre.org Be the lucky star you listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Hello, and welcome back to Be The Star You Are. Here, we have Kirpa, who will be sharing her thoughts on the drought and its health effects. Hi, Rose. Hi, Hannah. Hi. And with all of the recent weather, there has been heat, there's been heat waves, floods, even, I think, earthquakes in some part of the United States. So it's a climate pandemonium. So, of course, this would affect public health. So what exactly is public health by your definition? Public health, by my definition, I feel is that the community and the people around us, they feel safe and they feel um, like they don't need to be scared of the things around them. And they are healthy and they're doing the activities they do um, regularly and just doing it in a really good way where they're not kind of like feeling sick or unhealthy. Yeah, definitely. I think that's a really accurate description of what public health means, and how do you think that public health influences people's day-to-day lives? I think public health influences people's day-to-day lives by helping protecting and improving environments and communities by preventing epidemics from spreading and illnesses and diseases. In addition, they also encourage healthy lifestyles for children and families protecting against dangers in homes, works, and environments. Yeah, definitely. Um, public health is is extremely necessary, especially with the recent, like if the recent news, like COVID nineteen, monkeypox, and a bunch of other concerns. So, in your opinion, what causes these public health concerns? Um, I think public health concerns can come from various factors, including genetics, physical activity, diseases, and access to proper nutrition. Some of the different reasons are air pollution, and they affect the lungs, heart, and brain, which can lead to illnesses like cancer, strokes, and cardiovascular disease. Another common reason is alcohol and tobacco use. Alcohol has has a short-term and long-term effects, but can cause alcohol poisoning and injuries. Long-term effects are liver disease, high blood pressure, and mental health problems. On the other hand, tobacco has long-term effects, including cancer, heart disease, lung disease, and increased problems with the immune system. Yeah, there's so many things out there that can really affect one's health and can cause health problems. So it's really important to be aware of 
everything around you and be educated. So I think it's really important that you brought all those up. I was curious, like, do you think there's any other factors in society that influence public health, such as animal animals or even the weather? Yeah, animals can actually alert people to possible environmental or physical threats, such as fires or even earthquakes. I know dogs can sense it a bit earlier before it happens. Um, a dog or cat owners actually go outside five more times more than people who actually don't have pets. But that's actually not all they can do. They can help in an immense system without public health. And when we feel loneliness or depression and anxiety and stress, they help us feel much better by being there. Yeah, and speaking of um, animals, does public health also affect animals in addition to people? Yes, actually public health can affect animals. Um, animals can get the same illnesses that the humans can get and such things like that can cause that is poor air quality, water shortage, and safety can affect them. How can teens help with public health? Teens can help with public health by um, outreaching different ways to target public health issues locally such as air quality, plastic use because I even know when I go to school I just see wrappers and water bottles all over the floor. They can also reach out to global news outlets, social media, and most important, through Express Yourself Teen Radio. And what organizations would you say plays an important role in public health and safety? I feel that the CDC plays a really good role because um, from with COVID, I know everyone would get the guidelines from there and see what's kind of going on with COVID from there and community health centers and public health organizations, world health organizations, and also many more local and global organizations. Wow, that's really, really fascinating. Um, and thanks for this all of this information. Now we'll go to your brother Niho for more about water conservation. Hi everyone, so how are you guys doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. We're, I'm so excited to have you on the show. Me too. Me too. Yeah, so about water conservation. So drought, it can really, you know, stunt the growth of crops. It results in the decline of size and quality of produce. Consumers may expect, you know, to see higher prices for local food as farmers cope with the lower yields and all those higher expenses. And I think drought really affects farmers um, the most, I mean, it affects everybody to a certain degree, but the limited water availability, you know, for washing produce can really lead to sanitation and health issues for the consumer. So drought doesn't just play a role in, you know, our water conservation going down. It plays a role in many different aspects because it can lead to a lot of other things. Yeah. And what is a drought? So yeah, droughts have uh, many different meanings, and it, it also actually goes into certain levels. Level There's, I think, five different levels, and obviously the higher level goes, the worse a drought gets. But, you know, drought has many different meanings, and the most simple meaning is that there's a deficiency of water where it affects both plants and animals, and it also affects humans. But it affects everything in a different way. It affects animals and their health. It affects plants. And all, I mean, it affects everyone's health, but it, the way it affects humans more than just health is the economy and it has the biggest effect on crops because even with just out two weeks without rainfall that can affect crops and as time goes on 
there is no rainfall. We have to use water from canals. And when we use water from canals and there is no rainfall, there's no replenishment. That water isn't coming back. So we have to be really careful with the amount of water that we use. That's really, really interesting. And for our audience who might not know that much about droughts, can you explain what exactly causes droughts? Yeah. So kind of like I said, the length in between like precipitation rainfalls can cause water levels to go down. And it's one of the main factors that causes droughts that when there's such a long period of time between rainfall, whether it be a year, two years, three years, however long, that that's what causes the drought, that we're having to use water for our crops, our showers in the bathroom to wash our food, to drink some water. We have to use it from our water reservations. And obviously when everyone is using water, the water goes down and the drought no water coming back means that we have to really limit the way and how much water that we use. And another really big factor is a change in temperature. And that can be seen recently, especially in California with the big heat waves, which with the temperature like two weeks ago, almost reaching 120 degrees. And with those high temperatures in California, it really takes an effect on plants, the blistering heat, the amount of nutrients that they get and water being so, scarce for them and then barely the plants barely getting water and animals it can really take a big effect especially for farmers but mostly the plants and these two are the biggest factors that cause droughts and cause that that kind of that instability in water that we see today right i think that's really important for a lot of listeners to hear about but i think what some people don't realize is that even though there is a drought and even though it rains and it's really it improves um the conditions a drought doesn't just go away and i'm kind of curious like what your take on that is like why doesn't a drought just go away when it rains yeah so rainfall in any form whether it be a small drizzle or a storm for a day or two can you know provide drought relief but i feel like the best way and a good analogy is like you know if you have pain or an illness the amount of the medicine that you take, the single dose of a medicine can alleviate the sim- symptoms, but you know to cure that injury or to cure that illness, you need to you know have a sustained program where you take that medication over and over. You go through physical therapy or something that can cure that injury. And the best way for a drought to be fully cured is if there were several rainstorms daily and consistently for a week or even best two weeks the environment is able to fully heal from the effects of the drought, but that's nearly almost impossible to happen now, especially with climate change and all these different environmental factors going on, that it's really, really hard for the environment to have consistent rainfall for two weeks, a heavy rainfall for two weeks over and over again so we can fully replenish our drought. But droughts won't go away with just some rainfall. It has to consistently happen for a while for the drought to fully be restored and, you know, to water to kind of come back. But I feel like a lot of people get confused when they think, okay, it rains and now the drought will go away. It will definitely help, but it won't be able to cure the drought. You know, once it stops raining and the heat comes back again, we're back in that same position as we were. Yeah, and I think that's super relevant, especially since in Southern California, there's like floods, there's heavy rainfall because the recent hurricane um 
So a lot of people might need that clarified. But do you know, like, if droughts can affect the water level in local or public wells? Yeah, so usually wells um, nowadays, there's usually a public one, and then there's private wells for farmers or people that own land. And so with the well, there's usually an aquifer um, around the well. And for those of you that don't know what an aquifer uh, is, it, it, it kind of basically is like an underground layer of water in this permeable rock. And the water in that rock, the wells obviously drilled into the ground. So they get that water from the ground and the and the soil and in the rocks. But if we're pumping water at a faster rate than the aquifer around or the groundwater flow, then yes, the water levels can be lowered and it can be easily seen. Farmers and people that have a lot of land and that need to get that water out to those plants in case of an emergency or those plants really need that water. And yes, they are definitely pumping at a faster rate. So water level in wells are actually going down. And that recently happened in my uh, grandfather's orchards. He owns a couple orchards down in Wesley. And during the summer, when there was blistering heat, uh, in one of his orchards, there was the water in the well was going down because they were trying to pump water out to get water to as much plants as they can because it was during harvest season and they needed that water. But the water in the wells are going down because they were pumping it so fast. And this can especially happen during a drought. It also can happen anytime, but it, it's really caused by droughts because there's an extreme deficit of rain. And if, if there's a public well and there's many, many people using that well, the water is gone. And because there's so many people taking that water in large amounts, whether they want to drink it, they want to take a shower, whatever it may be, public wells, I feel like get a bigger effect on it rather than private wells for land because public wells, so many people are using it for many different situations. Thank you so much for sharing that. I had really no idea about that and the information you were sharing is just so fascinating. I was curious, like with all of this being said, and I feel like you've really proven that it's really essential that we take action or do something to help the droughts and help conserve water what can people listening do to conserve water outdoors specifically so yeah uh there's a lot of simple things you know we can do to help that you know we can schedule a sprinkler system um you know making sure we're not running our sprinklers every second of the day or every hour that they want to make sure that we have it at a certain time for at most an hour so we're not wasting water um another big thing is kind of fix our automatic timer with a smart controller. So every sprinkler system usually has an automatic timer installed with it. But if you have a smart controller, you can kind of, you know, schedule that time to your own need. And it can be a lot more convenient, especially with technology developing. But I think another big one is, you know, we can install like appropriate native um, exotic landscape plants in these hot sunny areas, especially California. Because, you know, we don't want to keep on watering our plants over and over. And that's another big way we can uh, water wastage happens. And if we install these plants that can survive this heat and that can, you know, use this heat for their own benefit, we can like reduce the amount of water that we use. And, um, you know, we can allow lawns to go dormant under extreme drought conditions. And then once we let them, you know, go dormant, we don't water them and they kind of turn dry. Lawns can always be 
revived um, one's conditions moderately, like especially during the winter with the rain. And you could turn the sprinkler system back on then too. But I feel like a biggest way to stop, you know, using sprinklers is to is to install turf. However, that is extremely expensive. But if people are able to install turf and install that kind of grass, it makes it a lot easier to not worry about lawn, uh, to worry about water wastage. And it also looks a lot nicer too. Yeah, and on that note, how would you recommend preserving water indoors in the midst of all of this? Yeah, so the biggest thing is upgrading your indoor fixture, which means your pipes. You know, if you see a leak, try your best to fix it or hire someone to fix it because a leak can go a big way. If you don't see a leak, but you know you hear something or you see, you know, water gathering on your ceiling or on the floor and you don't know where the leak's coming from, the best thing to do is fix it because that water wastage can, you know, be a lot in the long run and it also also can affect maybe cost you some more money later down the road if you don't fix that and i feel like another big thing is make sure we don't take too long in the shower and also again just checking up on leaks um and making sure that you know you're trying to save water and that can also help you save money too yeah definitely i think those are all great tips and tricks because there are small things that you can do, but really make a big difference when you're consistent with them. And I was curious, like, do you know who is affected by droughts the most or are some people affected more? Like I know living in California on the news, it's talked about how important it is for Californians to really focus on conserving water. But like in Maine, for example, it's not talked about as much. So I was just curious, who is affected the most? Yeah, so I feel like especially in the West and especially in the Midwest, those places are really affected by droughts because they have that heat. And they, those are the places that get a lot of heat, especially California. Um, in places like Maine, there is actually a lot of, they're really close to Canada, obviously. In places in Maine, they don't, in, the, in that area, there's a lot of rainfall and the drought is very, very not common there. You won't hear them talk about a drought much. But in places like California, everyone is affected by the drought to some degree, even us. Like, for example, we have to limit the amount of water we use on our grass. and Everyone's affected to a certain degree. But I feel like the farmers, since California is one of the bigger farming states, farmers are the ones that are heavily impacted because it puts a strain on their plants those plants are really trying to find water and they need that water to grow, to develop, to create those uh, products that farmers can use for their economy. But it put the strain on the plants and it's hard to water the plants because there's already a limit on the amount of water we can use. They can, farmers have to decide whether which trees they feel are strong enough to keep on watering and which tree they should let die because they just can't have used that much water on everything. It just wouldn't work that way. So. Farmers are impact, really impacted heavily by droughts, but everyone's impacted to a, by a drought to a certain degree, too. No, I definitely agree. Like, droughts have serious impacts on not only, like, farmers and agriculture, but also have a, like, large economic impact on, like, along with, like, regarding energy and the environment and with people with health conditions and not even to mention impoverished individuals who are already struggling to obtain electricity or maybe water so that is very very true i've like there oh, there are a plethora of individuals who are affected by these climate changes 
And on the topic of climate change, do you think that climate change will lead to more droughts? Yeah, so climate change, you know, is expected to lead to slightly more rainfall um, at the global level. But that timing is one of the most important things. And the timing and the amount of space in between one rainfall to the next is likely to change. And that's definitely going to increase the droughts in some regions. And I think it'll especially affect California mostly and the other states nearby. So I think it's too early to predict the impact of climate change and what can happen with and the impact that it can have on droughts. But I will say that something will definitely happen. And I feel like the droughts will increase rather than decrease. But however, we don't, we really can't predict it exactly. Thanks. That was very, very informative and relevant to this time period, obviously, with all of the weather going on. Um, unfortunately, that's all the time we have for this segment. Visit Be The Star You Are through our website at www.bethestarur.org. Make sure you stay tuned for our next segment, where Ruhani, Ru Rose and I will both have a discussion about water and drought. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. Star, you are. Light up the flame that burns. Low literacy and poor communication skills have been identified in studies as major contributors to general conduct disorders, psychiatric disorders, criminal behavior, and adolescent suicide. To live and prosper in this society, we must be lifelong learners with access to knowledge and skills that can sustain our lives at work, at home, and in our communities. Be the star you are. 501c3 Charity has been working to increase literacy and improve positive message programming since 1999. You can help by making a tax-deductible donation today. Visit www.bethestarur.org. Everybody counts. www.bethestarur.org. Be the lucky star you Star, you are. Light up the flame that burns. Make a world of difference in a world of differences when you support Be the Star You Are 501c3, a literacy and positive media charity dedicated to empowering women, families, and youth. Visit bethestarur.org to make a tax deductible donation today. Everyone counts. Donate today. Be the star you are. org. Be the lucky star you are. 
listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Be The Star You Are. I'm Hannah Sahoda here with my lovely co-host, Rose, and we will be having a discussion on the recent droughts and environmental changes. This year in California, we're still in extreme drought conditions, and now there's a record-breaking heat wave over here that is unfathomable. The other day in my town, it was 116 degrees. Um, scientists are fearing that these extreme effects are a result of climate change. And personally, I'd have to agree. After a little research I did, I learned that heat waves are actually caused by, and I quote, unusually strong high pressure systems, according to the Farmer's Almanac, which is a more high pressure atmospheric level results in a hotter area because of a drastic change in temperature and environmental conditions. What are your thoughts on the recent weather in California? Yeah, I know. It's crazy. I mean, I didn't even think that it would be 116 is what you said in some California in September. I mean, I feel like that's like a weather you don't even get in the summer, but in the summer, like midsummer, where it's like July or August. So I just think it's crazy. And I think it's also really interesting when you look at how the heat wave has been affecting teens like us who go to school every day, specifically thinking about children who commute to school on the bus or have to spend their breaks outside. I mean, the title of a recent article I read in the Los Angeles Times discussing the effects of the heat is titled Playground Asphalt Sizzles to 145 Degrees in Extreme Heat Waves. Parents Demand School Shade. So according to the district's greening index, only 16% of campuses meet the recommended threshold of green space and at 235 elementary schools, 10% or less of their campus is green space. So not only is this a problem of drought and not enough water, like we were talking about in previous segments, but a problem of like sustainability and creating sustainable systems that can get us through extreme heats and protect children too. Mm-hmm. I think furthermore, after San Jose and Sacramento soared to all-time records of 109 and, like you said, 116 degrees. degrees. Um, California's independent system operator said the state's electricity supplies were running low, and it warned consumers last week that rotating power outage are now possible and raising its energy emergency alert to level three. So soon electricity could be... Um, really horrible and could go out so it's really important to like I said create sustainable systems exactly on that topic I think it's gotten better since the heat has died down a little bit there was a notice I heard of that but apparently they're working on the infrastructure and electricity so there's less chance of power outages happening but still it's absolutely 
shocking how prominent the effects of climate change have become, especially in California. It feels like we've had a drought forever. This could also lead to really, really concerning long-term health problems, such as shortages on necessary drinking water and even sanitation, uh, poor air quality, which is so true since clouds of smoke and ash were actually visible at my school due to a fire being set in the nearest town because of the heat. So, and then the smoke was trailing back to us because of the air. So the environment and drought, I think personally should be taken very seriously and treated with caution, not only by like us, the students, the parents, the public, but also like schools and government should should really, really be concerned with this, I feel. Yeah, I think it's really important that you mentioned the long-term health problems because it's something that people overlook when weathers are so high, they're thinking about other things, they're getting distracted, but it's really um, important when recognizing one's health and creating sustainable health practices. And at this point, the weather patterns are fluctuating so much, um, which points to the issues of climate change even more now with, I feel like before people were kind of non-observant and diminished this idea, but now people are really understanding that climate change, change is really, really important. And speaking of extreme weather, weather patterns, the 23-year-old drought has been drying up the Colorado River, um, which is really important because the Colorado River supplies water to more than 40 million Americans and supports food production for the rest of the country. And the levels in the nation's largest freshwater reservoir, Lake Med, behind the Hoover Dam, and a fulcrum of the Colorado River Basin have dropped to around 25% um, capacity. And the Colorado River is 1,450 miles long and runs through the western states and into Mexico. And like I said, it is the main source of water for 40 million Americans, like people in California, Arizona, Nevada, and more neighboring states. And so it's really important because people in California are in a crisis because of this huge drought. People don't know where they're going to get their water, and it's really um, a problem that's been gaining a lot of attention in the news and I was kind of curious like what do you even think a solution to this is because I mean you can't build another lake at this point it's just what do you do from here yeah I feel I read about this I feel like the Colorado River it's really drying up not only because of climate change but because of like human negligence it's just like um the California wildfires last year it was as, like a result of um, the government and the public welfare committees not cleaning up the spare, like, kindle and all of the dead leaves, which lead, led it to burn. So, um, regarding the Colorado River, um, I heard there's already plans to help, like, keep it, like, alive and healthy. Uh, some of these, I think, are reducing water use in those areas, you know, like, with the warning and everything, um, they're modernizing infrastructure, such as the dams, and they're also there's a new focus on improving forest health and utilizing the natural res like resources and landscapes, 
in order to minimize like this flood and heat damage and to purify and store the water, which hopefully in the long term, short term, actually, not long term, because it's a crisis right now, will improve stream and river health for these areas. Um, and I believe this week there was um, heavy, like, like, not rain, like a hurricane, but rainfall in Southern California as a result of the Tropical Storm K in Florida. Yeah, and I think, like you were saying, it's really important to bring um, in infrastructure and modern infrastructure to help with this because what's happening is there's so many different effects. Like in Arizona, the farmers aren't getting enough water like the farmers are in California because they have more people that are buying from them and they're a little bit more privileged than those other farmers. So it creates this kind of social and socioeconomic gap between farming and then who has access to um, resources when resources are scarce and there aren't enough for everyone. So I just think it's really important to keep in mind that everything's interconnected. So not only is this a problem with heavy rainfall and droughts and storms, it's really um, about the systems where even where you're getting your food, the food systems, how um, produce is being collected because in Arizona right now um they're on a sh they're having a problem with getting people their crops and food to stay alive so it's not anymore about climate change it's really about who um who's going to stay alive and access to exactly i think this all could be like aided by more intervention with congress and maybe more economic policies being made especially in california and um, it would be really, really beneficial for more people to pay attention to climate change because I feel like a lot of, uh, especially now, a lot of people are disregarding climate change as like some sort of conspiracy or hoax. But I think it's just really, really important to focus on helping the people who are affected by this and like focusing on methods, methods to rectify this. And this was like a great discussion. And unfortunately, we are out of time. Um, I hope all of you in the audience enjoyed our show today. Um, as always, we express our gratitude to Star Style Productions, Cynthia Bryan, Be the Star You Are, and Gratitude and our Voice America Empowerment Crew, especially our audio engineer, Josh. Thanks to our guests from across the world, and a huge thank you to our listeners for making us a top-rated program. For more information about Be The Star You Are charity, visit www.bethestarur.org. Find us on Instagram at Express Yourself Radio. Hope everyone is staying cool and safe in this weather. Make sure to conserve water as we all can't live without it. And I'll see you at the Pear and Wine Festival on September 24th. And remember, speak up, speak out, and express yourself.
Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself. Produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars to shine between the lines if you would let yourself.